Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sap. Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, 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 go. Ice man. freaking What's up, you guys? It's the list and your boy with Sean Ross Sap live from the sewers of Manhattan. Your repo man? Bunga, Jimmy. I look more like the oh. repo man right now, though. You, uh, I gotta say, you come on the air. So this, this, this little bastard comes on the air, looking like Waylon Jennings with that, with that hair. He's got a side profile shot. I said to him, "Dude, why am I looking at the side of your face?" He said, "Oh, I'll fix it before we go on the air." Next thing I know, he's putting on a repo man mask, and now you're pretending to be one of the mutant Ninja Turtles. So well, what's on what? the? What's on the shower curtain? Is uh, is the rat on the shower curtain, or it's is it just a, sewers? It's a poorly shown sewer. But I mean, I, I first off, this is a special day because yeah. in addition to Bruce Pritchard, I have another special guest. It is Leonardo. Oh shit! The green screen's picking up his green skin. You can see right through him. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I was going to have Leonardo that. on here. I can't wait to see that. That's pretty awesome. Sorry, Leo. <laughs> Did you uh, make that mask out of, like, a headband or something? I made it out of a sleeve of a shirt. It looked like it was handmade. Very crudely done. Very Yeah, it looked done. like it. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. You, uh, the hair is, I don't know, man. You're getting close to Elias level today with the hair. Yeah, do you think know. I'll get a pert sponsorship? Uh, I didn't mean Theodoru. Oh. <laughs> well, to be fair, the amount that you, you looked like you were considering giving me, I think that might be... More than what Elias is making off the Pert Plus sponsorship. It might be. I mean, again, when we were going on the air, I just thought, man, you're looking like Waylon Jennings today. Yeah, is that a bad thing? I don't think so. Uh, he was legendary. 
He was. He was legendary. He did. I think he did the Dukes of Hazard theme music. Did you ever watch Superbad? Of course. Yeah. Where he compares Jonah Hill to Waylon Jennings. Because of the shirt, yes. <laughs> yes. Hot damn. Hot damn. So, are you going to be putting different shit up on the shower curtain through the whole show? Nah, I'm sticking with this because this is crudely done enough. So, I mean, like, I okay. don't have a, a great lighting system here. I have stuff right. to light my face, not light a green screen. So, Got it. Yeah, and the shower curtain looks pretty wrinkled up right now, Oh, too. my God. Uh, I, I have it put into the ceiling because the rig that I bought is so bad, it wouldn't uh, do anything. It's, it's janky, but hey... We're in the sewers, Jimmy. I'm down there so, with Casey Jones, April O'Neil, your favorite. Yeah, Luke Gallows' wife, wife. wife of Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows' wife, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was Amber O'Neil, by the way. It was Amber O'Neil. I looked well, it up. You said April O'Neil. I did the first time, yeah, but it was it was Amber O'Neil. Also, so, I had to I had to throw on this sweatshirt because my flannel actually picks up yeah, some of the sewers. It would, right? Yeah, yeah. Like right now, or can you only just see the blue, right? Hold on, hold on. No, we needed six pizzas. Enough for me and the turtles. Thanks. So the pizza man just came down into the sewer. Yeah, that's what they do, man. I've the seen them. No, I've the seen the movie. Kino. They put. I've seen the movie. They put the. They put the the money through the vent, and then the guy has to slide the box through the well, vent. I've seen yeah, the movie. His name's but... Kino. He does karate. He was. He's been doing it for like twenty five years. Uh huh. So, Nigel uh, couldn't make it today. Unfortunately. Uh, I think he told me on Monday. And when Nigel told me, I'm not going to lie, the first thing I thought of, because Nigel said, look, you got two options. Option number one is we do it on another day. Option number two is Sean produces the show. The first thing I thought of, that little fucker's going to screw with me because he's going to have the wire cast available. Oh, well. Well, let's take time to appreciate the intro that I had to cut off because you were just getting too smart with it. You can go back oh, yeah. and see this later, Jimmy. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Iceman, you know I'm not playing. Devastate the show while the turtles are saying. Ninja, Ninja, rap. Ninja, Ninja. Yeah, you got too hip to it, man. I integrated vanilla ice clips and all. Are we going to get flagged for uh, unauthorized usage? Of... You get us flagged every week when you curse. That's different. I'm not I, stealing you know IP. What? I don't think Vanilla Ice is out there cruising the YouTubes, protecting his IP. He's probably happy with anything he can get. Yeah, he probably works at a fast food joint at this point anyway. No, that's not true. He flips houses. He does oh, what but, every yeah. washed up white person eventually does and flips houses. Good for him. Good for him. That's all right. Do you know who uh, Bronson Pinchot is? Bronson Pinchot? Yeah, I do. Surge from yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. And he, he, he was sound like a detergent. That's right. <laughs> that guy. Well, no, the way, the way you do it, it sounds like he's from Minnesota. He's yeah. not from Minnesota. Yeah, that's true. But uh, he was also Balky in um, Perfect Strangers, right? Yeah. And I saw, I saw a thing on him where now he lives in like a really small town in upstate Connecticut. And he renovates houses and flips them. Yeah. That's, That's what, what he does. We've considered instead, as I mentioned to you off the air, instead of putting our home buying budget up really high eventually, just buying something that has a lot of potential and putting most of that money into the renovation because – that's where you can get something that you really fall in love with. But uh, he's doing it for profit. I just want to do it in a place that has fiber internet. That's all I want. 
Now, uh, my shot of you right now, your face is like right straight across my my monitor. Like you look like giant Baba mm-hmm. because you're like front. Is is that how it looks on the actual show, or is this just how it is on my monitor today? I'm in a goddamn sewer on the show, Jimmy. But is your face like taking up most of the screen on your side? My face is taking up the right amount of space on the screen as if I were in a sewer and I had brought my computer chair with me. I got because it. Because as I you know, it. as you've learned, when I travel, this bad boy comes with me. Yes, it does. Can't, took it to Canada. And your, and your earbuds, too. You took those to my Canada. My earbuds, yeah. I have to be able and to And I don't know what you. they're plugged into, but whatever they're plugged into, you brought that to the sewer, Pretty, too. You know what? The internet is surprisingly efficient and effective down here. Down, really? Yeah. That's good. That's good. Lots of light down there, too. We have a st- – well, you see, there, there's, a, there's a lamp right up there. Like, oh. Right there oh. beside the pipes and <coughs> that log of shit and the pizza. So I told Sean off the air, I'm under the weather today. I have the airplane flu. You know, when you're mm. like stuck on an airplane and there's a bunch of monkeys coughing and there's nothing you can do but deal with it for five hours. So I'm, I've got a cold because of that. But uh, I'm here because I knew you were up to nonsense, Sean. That's not true. That's why I wanted to be here because I knew you were up to shenanigans today. It's not true. You really? I, that's not true? It's not true. I'm just, I'm more amazed that you are amazed that somebody my age would have liked the Ninja Turtles when they were young. No, I'm not amazed. I'm not amazed. No. If anything, it's exactly what I would have expected. My wife just sent me a text and said, amazing intro. Oh, really? Yes. I'll go back and watch it later. So I'm uh, going to do my best to get through this under the weather, Sean. I might have to uh, you know, blow my nose on occasion. We'll see how it goes. I want to start off by talking about so, Matt Hughes. So you're saying that you're going to have the secret of the U's coming out of your face. So Matt Hughes... <laughs> Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you will appreciate the story. That's why I want to tell it. Matt Hughes, he's a uh, UFC Hall of Famer, and he's former welterweight champion in the UFC. Last June, he was hit by a train. Yeah. And how crazy is that? He was in his pickup truck, and I never heard the story about how it happened. Like, was he distracted somehow? How was he hit by a train? Well, here's the thing. I think he was about the only guy around, and the thing is, I doubt he remembers it. So, right. it's, it's... Unlikely that that story is going to come out unless there's some witness that we don't know about. Because uh, it's small, like small, small, like Midwestern town or something, right? Yes. What happened? Yes. But he was hit by a train. Miraculously, he survived. I imagine he must have gone through, you know, some pretty crazy rehab, you know, intense rehab. And uh, last weekend, UFC had a fight night show in St. Louis, and they honored Matt Hughes. They did a video tribute, and then they actually brought him out to the cage. And it's understandable, given what he went through, that he's got a pretty pretty severe limp. Um, but aside from that, the guy's walking. I mean, you can tell he's lost his muscle mass, which, again, you'd understand because it's not like of he course. can train, right? But he's he's alive and he's walking. And what are we now? January. So that was about six months ago that he was hit by a train. Pretty pretty incredible story. So uh, I wanted to give kudos to him. I was, I was never a big Matt Hughes guy, probably because he feuded with George St. Pierre and I'm a big GSP guy. So I was never a big Matt Hughes guy, but I always respected his ability and, and his accomplishments. And uh, good I, on him that he got through that. I was never a big Matt Hughes guy because I read his book, and I've never read a book that <laughs> paints somebody out themselves to be such a piece of shit as he did. Really? Um, oh, read the Sean McCorkle review. I, I might repost it sometime. Sean McCorkle, a former UFC fighter, reviewed it, and uh, my God, he really highlights it. But, I mean, besides that, I mean – I, Showdown Joe had told me like this guy had underwent such a change 
in his personality and personally over the years. And mm. he's such a pioneer of MMA. And one of the and BJ Penn has said it. He's like, this guy made me. He made GSP. He made a lot of right. welterweights, and he made the welterweight division. And yep. he was a guy who was considering fighting again when Bellator was handing out contracts to everybody. He was right. considering fighting again right before this happened. Obviously, right. that won't happen again, and you know that's sad for him. But no, but at least was, I mean that was such a cool moment on UFC St. Louis. And how many guys would just not have survived that? Get hit by a damn oh, train? Of course. So of course. so good on him for that. Let's move on and talk about this Roman Reigns story. And I, and and I got to tell you, to me, this is actually a non-story, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why, but. We might as well tell it anyway. So um, last February, February of 2017, federal agents uh, raided a gym in Miami called Iron Addicts Gym. And they arrested the co-owner, a guy by the name of Richard Rodriguez. They charged him with heading up an international steroid production and distribution ring. And he was using the company name Wellness Fitness Nutrition LLC, uh, which uh, they're all using the acronym now in the news, WFN, to, to call the name of this pharmaceutical company. So um, Johnny Bravo, people, some people might know him from MMA. He's like a jiu-jitsu guy, and he's mm-hmm. a trainer. He does commentary, Joe Rogan's buddy, whatever. He did a documentary about this guy and about this situation last year already. He did that like March of last year, put it up on YouTube and everything. Five days ago, or maybe six days ago now, January 11th, and we're doing this today on January 17th, January 11th, Johnny Bravo put up a, a, a YouTube video with a live phone call from this Richard Rodriguez from prison. Yeah. So the, so the dude was in prison and he did a phone call with Johnny Bravo. And here's where I question the legitimacy, but we'll get to that in a minute. So this Richard Rodriguez guy decided on this live YouTube phone call to reveal the names of three of his celebrity clients that allegedly purchased steroids from him. One of them was Mark Wahlberg. One of them was Josh, is it Duhamel? The actor? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce his name? Do Hamill? Okay. And the third one was Roman Reigns. Well, here's how I know it's bullshit. Because he called him Roman Reigns instead of the big dog. There you go. There you go. That's how you knew. That's how I knew. You know how many times on Fightful.com, by the way, we have the video and the article that accompanies it. Corey Graves must have said the architect like 3,700 times on Monday night. And it got so annoying. But that's another story. So, uh... I heard about this and, and this guy calling out Roman Reigns, claiming that he bought steroids from him. And uh, I think that this is going to be a non-story. And I'm going to tell you why. And I got two reasons for it. First reason is Randy Orton. There's a first reason why I think it's going to be a non-story. And what I mean by that is back in uh, 2007, I believe it was, um, Sports Illustrated released a list of clients from Signature Pharmacy, which was an online company that was distributing steroids. There was like 11 pro wrestlers on the list. One of them was Randy Orton that, that Sports Illustrated kind of highlighted. At the time, Randy Orton had two wellness policy violations on his record, both from 2006. WWE supposedly has a three-strike policy. and On the third strike, you're fired. And he was not suspended or anything on that third strike. And WWE claimed at the time that he had informed them of this months before it came out publicly uh, and that they had supposedly reprimanded him already. That was their that was their claim. Uh, In reality, back in 2007, Randy Orton was in the middle of a program with John Cena when the Sports Illustrated story broke. So WWE was not about to suspend him because he was in a high profile story. And Roman Reigns, I look at kind of being in the same situation. He's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. They're going to probably put the title on him unless they decide to follow the Braun train. And uh, so they're not going to suspend him. And this would be a second violation. That's a 60-day suspension, which would take them right until about WrestleMania time if they did it now. 
So, uh, including missing the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. He'd miss the Royal Rumble. So I, I, it's just not going to happen. That's the first thing. Second thing is, uh, as I mentioned, I got to question the legitimacy of this Richard Rodriguez guy. Like, why would he do a phone call from prison for a live YouTube video and name names? Like, what's the benefit? Like, he, he must have an agenda. There must be some kind of motive. Why would he do that? How is that? It'd be one thing if it came in in court. Or it'd be one thing if it was like a, a research by, by federal agents or something. This is this guy just doing a phone call on a YouTube video. Why would he do that? In the prying that I've done and the one person I've been able to talk to that has any familiarity with the guy, they said that it's not unlike him to try to throw people under the bus to save himself. So right. he might be trying to work out some sort of deal, some sort of early release, some sort of program like that. Uh, I had somebody say, well, Sean, why don't you believe it? They could have named a lot of bigger stars. I mean – yeah, but you could do that. We, we've seen that with a lot of situations where they, you could have named like the biggest star in the world. It might right. be who's convenient to him, uh, people from Florida, things like that. Like they're, I, I'm still doing some prying and stuff. I reached out to WWE for comment. I even said to their PR guy, hey, I know this is a long shot, but I got to right. ask you, and they didn't reply. So, Right, and it came My out. God. It came out six days ago. Mm-hmm. Like that video was posted six days ago, and this only made the wrestling media yesterday. Yep. So I, I, I just question, you know, I question how genuine this guy is. And again, you know, I understand what you're saying about always trying to save himself. But again, when you leave that up to your attorneys and up to the courts, why would you be going on a YouTube interview? Yeah, maybe, maybe not if you're a dumbass. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess. But based on all of that, I just don't think anything's going to come of it. And, uh, and, but I wanted to mention it because it made the news, you know. Sure. So let's talk about uh, WWE injuries. Lots of and, them. There's a lot of them, and I want to start with Paige. Hey, I just, I just want to use <coughs> me. cheap plug here. Ya boys at Fightful.com and FightfulWrestling.com are the only site that keeps a running injury report on fight on uh, line, like, period. So go check that out. It's up all the time. I suggest you guys bookmark it because uh, myself and Brian Rose, my associate editor, are always updating it. Good job, buddy. So uh, Paige was injured, Uniondale, New York. It was a, a live event around the new year. Uh, I saw the video. It's on YouTube. Sasha Banks kicked her in the back. Looked like it was a planned spot because Paige turned her back to her. Kicked her in the back. As soon as Paige hit the mat, she started shaking her arms. Yeah. That tells me it was a stinger that she started shaking her arms. Uh, it was reported by PW Insider that WWE informed Paige that they will not medically clear her to return. Uh, they haven't said anything officially, nothing but retirement or anything like that. She's still going to the ring with Absolution on television every week. Uh, this week, they acknowledge for the first time that she's hurt. They acknowledge that she's out of the Royal Rumble. And Paige herself did an interview for WWE.com and said, uh, as per doctor's orders, she's out of the Rumble, but she's going to be there supporting Absolution. And then um, on Twitter yesterday, which would be January 16th, Paige tweeted, 2018 will be my year. So I don't know. It sounds like she's looking to, to return from this again. I think she's sounds done. Like, I think she's, think done, she's done. She should be done. Her neck, from what I was told, was hanging on, just barely, anyway. Her doctors, it's its so funny, because it's, it's the opposite. Her doctors didn't want her cleared. WWE's doctors did, and they did clear her, which you would think, given the up-and-down nature of their relationship, WWE and Paige, that if her doctors were like, you probably <clears throat> shouldn't do this, that they would be like, yeah, you're right, you probably shouldn't do this. Fortunately right. for Paige, I think she has a wealth of opportunities that they could fit her in, whether it be commentary, managing, mm-hmm. authority figure. Like, I mean, you want to talk about somebody, if if William Regal needs to be doing something else, 
slide page in there. You still you still got a British voice for the love of God, but it's <laughs> not like she doesn't have the credibility to be an NXT authority figure. She was the first NXT Women's Champion went or left there without losing it. Also, True. she could help out William Regal and do some recruiting for WWE. Uh, she yeah. could do some agenting. She's been doing that for a long time, but she's dealt with scoliosis, man. And that I I got I got to ask you is is agenting a, an official term? Agent being an agent, agenting <laughs> isn't. But I mean, I, hell, it could agenting. Be. She could I do mean, some agenting. She could do some agenting. Yes. <laughs> I mean, now you sound like Waylon Jennings, so I'm I wasn't too far off the mark on that. Oh my god! Sitting in a sewer, so too bad about Paige. Like Waylon and, Jennings, uh, yeah, yeah, they or just a good old boy, just a good old boy. So uh, Samoa Joe, it looks like his foot injury is worse than they initially feared, and he has been very quietly, at least as of now, removed from the uh, list of entries for the Royal Rumble. Uh, too bad. I was looking forward to him and John Cena because he teased that he was going to go after John Cena in the Rumble, and you know that they came up came up together in California. So it's too bad, but it sounds like he's out. Is that that's what you've heard? Yeah. Uh, when I inquired, WWE was hoping it was just like some severe plantar fasciitis, which is something that actually can be worked through and is more of a rehab thing than anything. He's going to be in a boot. He's going to be on crutches, and they have quietly pulled him from the Royal Rumble and taken him off of graphics. Miz is replacing him on uh, live events through WrestleMania. That's a bummer, man. Uh, that raw True. that raw roster has been hit pretty damn hard between Big Cass, which I don't think is really a loss at all, but Jeff Hardy, Dean Ambrose, yep. that, and yep. all the losses to 205 Live. It's rough, man. It's true. I mean, I think of anything, like we talked about in the past, I think that this uh, the injury to Big Cass and Dean Ambrose, I think, is a blessing in disguise for both of them. Because they both, I thought, were going really nowhere, even though they were trying to push Cass. Yeah. I didn't really see him. I didn't see the momentum with him. So now maybe a comeback will help him. But I heard that him and Carmella broke up. That was like a new story yesterday. Uh, it's not new. It so. happened several weeks ago. But Oh, yeah. did not know. I think we put it in a fight size or something. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So, uh, okay, let's talk about the... Raw 25th anniversary show sure. taking place on Monday. Uh, two venues, Barclays Center and Manhattan, uh, Manhattan yes. Center. Uh, and uh, so let's talk first about Chris Jericho. This is very interesting. So last week on the show, we were talking about how cool would it be if Chris Jericho was in the Royal Rumble, like, uh, what, three weeks after being on Wrestle Kingdom? You know, how rare would it be to have a guy kind of going back and forth between promotions like that? And then what do they do on Raw this week? They announced that Chris Jericho is going to be on the Raw 25th anniversary show next Monday. I know that Dave Meltzer said, oh, it's premature and a deal isn't worked out. Um, this is one one case where I kind of give WWE the benefit of the doubt. I think when it comes to creative, yeah, they have lapses in judgment. When it comes to legal, things are pretty tight. I don't think they'd put him on the air if it wasn't done, at least verbally. So I think that they at the very least had a verbal commitment out of Chris Jericho, which is why they mentioned it on Monday. And I think he will be there. On the Raw 25th anniversary yeah. show. Very interesting, man, right? So he's oh, yeah. he's New Japan. Now he's going to be on the Raw show. Then he's probably going to do more stuff for New Japan. Then he's doing his cruise with the Ring of Honor. It's, it's amazing. It's, 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 he can it's, do whatever he wants. And, and it's, it's the first time I can recall something like this where this guy's doing this. I mean, granted, you know, back in the 80s, Hogan would go and work Japan tours between WWE shows. But it was a different world then. Yeah. Like, it's very, it's very, uh, very unusual. Also, WWE did uh, a couple of years ago, right after we launched the site, they ran promos for Shelton Benjamin, who had, hadn't been through his medicals, hadn't been signed. Uh, they had a verbal commitment, commitment from him, but nothing on paper. So, I mean, it kind, it sort of happens. It's a little bit different here, because I'm pretty sure Jericho said 
yeah, I'll do it. I don't, I don't right. have any indication that he did. I just assume that he did. Right. And it's not like he's going to work a match. I doubt he's going to work a match. He's probably just going to oh. show up and do something, right? And, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he did work <laughs> a match, though. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and, like, if he did, then I'm sure more buzz for when he goes back to New Japan. But I don't yeah. think he would I don't think he would do a match that would paint him in a light that would hurt him in New Japan either. I think he's too no. smart for that. Yeah, and, and again, if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm all for this because this is going to be the New York market, right? Yeah. This is a smart market. Those people are going to pop for Chris Jericho because, like we've talked about, New Japan right now is kind of like what the cool kids are into, Sean. Mm-hmm. New Japan and Ring of Honor, like the cool kids are going for that right now. So uh, I think that New York market is going to be all over him. So I think that's uh, I think that's going to be a good thing. So uh, they announced a whole whack load of names, new names that are going to be on the show. A whack load? A whack load. What? A whack load. Okay, Careful. it's not eventing. It's not eventing. Careful. So, okay, I did you not say agenting. a load. All right, agenting, whatever. A whack load, huh? Yeah, whack load. It's look it up. Google it. Yeah, I don't want to Google the term whack load. Thanks. Google it. Google it. It's there. I think I'm so, all set there. They announced a bunch of names, including Trish Stratus, Jacqueline, Terry Runnels, Tori Wilson, Maria, although Maria I thought was still on the active roster, but whatever. Maria, uh, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, Eric Bischoff, Brooklyn Brawler. The one name they did not mention, Hulk Hogan, who uh, claimed on Twitter he's going to be watching it from home. So there goes that speculation. Yep. Well, it's going to be fun, man. And then Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, they're going to do commentary together at the Manhattan Center. They I'm made that clip for the too. show. I am. I'm glad it's not five yeah. hours for the love of God. I'm sure they're going to get a ton of digital content. If I'm there, I'm oh, yeah. all these people that you have. Yep. I'm doing table for threes. I'm doing yep. Q and A's. I'm doing film room. I'm doing photo shoot. Like I agree. All of them. And DVD I, interviews. Oh yeah. All of it. Like use this and maximize your return on that. Like that's the difference between a WWE and an impact. Like impact's going to bring in Scott Steiner and what are they going to, are they going to film like an hour shoot interview for GWN on it? No, probably not. Uh, right. So no, but they might for Twitch. We'll get to that. Twitch, we'll get to we'll get which, to that later. Which honestly, they'll probably make more money off of than GWN. But we'll yeah. again, we will talk about that. We're going to get to that. Uh, WWE uh, is very high on their YouTube stuff. As I, I I'll have this in the Fight for Wrestling <laughs> Weekly that drops on Friday morning. But they are very surprised with mixed match challenge stuff that they did on YouTube. But we'll also talk about that a little bit later. Yes, you will. There's so much news this week, man. What There's the hell happened ton. this week? There's a ton. I love so much it. stuff happened. And you're sitting in a sewer for all this shit. I gotta keep Hell. it cool. Gotta keep it cool. Because it's, yeah, because it's like the middle of the summer right now, so you gotta be sitting down there to keep cool. Well, it's crowded in New York City, you know, Manhattan. <laughs> so, um. Quick, we should do th- lunch here's... in Buffalo or something, Jimmy. Like. Why would I want to do lunch in I'm, Buffalo? I'm so close, like, we kind of meet in the middle. I have no concept of goddamn geography right now, but. You think Buffalo's close to Manhattan? I mean, it's not close, but it's probably in between us. You're flying. I'm dry. I'll drive up. Uh, I, no, actually, we've got those sewer surfboards. So. Oh yeah, that'll get you there. There you go. It's yeah, good. Maybe so I what can did you... hitch a ride on the Technodrome? So what did you think about the curb stomp returning on Raw? Loved it. Was super happy. And did you see Seth, Seth Rollins' reaction after he did it? He almost looked like he was surprised himself. And Finn Balor took it like uh, an A plus champ there. Like they kept showing God. his head. Yeah, they kept showing his head afterwards. He took it yeah. great. Uh, it was sold well. They didn't refer to it as the curb stomp. They did say stomped and they yes. said blackout and stuff like that. And I'm fine yes. with that. Yes. I'm fine yeah. with that. I, they can call it the stomp and it's just fine. Yeah. You know? So 
Why do you think they decided now? Because obviously we've talked about this. You know, Rollins has struggled. The, the pedigree didn't really fit him, especially after they were done with the Hunter story. Uh, the the running knee. I mean, he broke John Cena's nose. You know, they were they're struggling to find a good finisher for him, and that that's good. It fits him, and it's something you can hit anywhere. It's good. And right? and the knee, like, even though it's not the rainmaker. It, a lot of people tried to bite the Rainmaker thing where the wrist lock where you roll it out that Okada does. like, And everybody can't be Okada. He took a clothesline and made it a finishing move and made it one of the biggest in wrestling. It just doesn't work. He tried the falling front DDT where he kicked his leg out and then went face first down. That didn't work either. Mm-hmm. And he's had a bunch of finishers. Like mm-hmm. Even before that, he had that knee off the top rope where he would springboard and then jump off. And none stuck quite like the curb stump, and I'm just glad it's back. I'm really glad it's I back. I agree. I agree. So good for him. So yesterday, January 16th, quite the day for announcements with, with, with respect to new signings. Hell yeah. In WWE. They announced in one day officially Ricochet, Candy LeRae, uh, which is uh, Candace Johnny – Candice – I'm sorry, Candice LeRae, which is uh, Johnny Gargano's wife. Uh, and War Machine, the tag team War Machine from Ring of Honor. All of them they officially announced have signed. All of them have have, uh, have uh, reported to the Performance Center in Orlando. They're restocking the coverage down there, man. It's good. Yeah, Serena Deeb is back, but she is not back in a capacity that can be announced right now. But uh, she's back at the Performance Center. That's that's good to have her, a veteran force there. Candice LeRae, I like. You can immediately slide her into a storyline. Like, immediately, because she's Johnny Gargano's wife, and mm-hmm. there's that awesome Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina thing going on. War Machine, man, that's just a couple more sirloin beef sons of bitches, as we call them. And you're mm-hmm. talking about adding that to sanity, to heavy machinery, to Authors mm-hmm. of Pain, to mm-hmm. the Bludgeon Brothers. I have never seen so many talented super heavyweights or big dudes than right, right now. And the beauty of that is... WWE has embraced using smaller people a little bit more, so you're going to get a lot of good contrast of styles. And these days, here's here's what gets me. All due respect to Big Cash, you got all these guys mm-hmm. that are 300 pounds that are really, really talented and do all these great things. The only thing that sets Big Cash apart is being seven feet tall. That's it. I agree. I agree. That's I agree. it. And, I mean, so much so that's that's his character, Jimmy. Because you can't yep. teach being seven feet tall. That's yep. his whole thing. He's got to come back, and he's got to come back with something special, or else I, I don't give a shit who's seven feet tall. That was something cool 20 years ago, but yeah, I if agree. you're I not think. Kane, you're not The Undertaker, that's an uphill battle. Or Big I show. mean, look at look at Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan struggled, and he's seven feet tall and ripped. He's a pretty and talented he, and he, dude. He could do yeah, and he struggled and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. He just, he just had trouble, but yeah... You know the one thing I like that's happening today, and and you're mostly seeing it in NXT because you know Vince I think has been slow to bring it to the main roster, is much like in the '80s, you're seeing guys of different body types come back again. Yeah, they've gotten away from the bodybuilder thing, and I mean look at War Machine. War Machine ten years ago wouldn't have had a chance, you know, and now they're getting an opportunity, even though those guys do not you know live in the gym like like some of the bodybuilder types do. And I think it's good because I like having that contrast. I mean, that's yeah. supposed to be pro wrestling. You know what I mean? I think Back that, in the day, you had Kamala and you had Bam Bam Bigelow and you had Bash and Booger and it makes things different. I think that the the acceptance of MMA in mainstream has really helped put forth a lot of this stuff. You see that not always the ba- most badass dudes are – in fact, you find out if you're a 300-pound dude in MMA, it's very rare that you're going to like really excel. A lot of right. the baddest dudes in the world end up cutting to – 205 pounds and things like that 
then uh, you see guys like Roy Nelson who explode, and Fabricio Verdum isn't like a ripped dude. Look at Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt. Like, look at yeah. Yeah. Look how that is. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the 80s, a guy by the name of Bruce Pritchard worked with Vince McMahon in the 80s all the way up to 2005 or 2008. He has a live show in the Barclays Center this Friday after a Brooklyn Nets game and will be on Raw 25 this week. I spoke to him. Uh, check it out. So this, this Barclays Center NBA deal, how did that come about? That's such an interesting pairing. They called us. Uh, they were interested in doing a live show with us and pitched the doubleheader scenario. And it sounded good to us, so we figured we'd give it a shot. Largest market in the world, and uh, why not? And you all have have had a lot of success with your live shows. How do those differ from the podcasts that you all do uh, each Friday? Well, it's a lot of, you know, we kind of promote it as the – the stuff that you can't tell on the podcast and the little more inside stuff, but it's also a Q&A from the audience as well. So we've got a lot of interaction from the audience. But for the most part, it's the uh, maybe a little more risque content sometimes. That's uh, kind of hard to believe, but yeah. And I know that you'll be appearing on Raw 25 just a couple days after that. Uh, tell me how that comes about. Man, I just got the phone call. Uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And then uh, they asked it to be a surprise. But next thing I know, I'm getting bombarded with messages on my phone saying, hey, it's great. You're going to be back uh, on Raw. And I'm like, what? Um, so they announced it. So I guess it's really happening, man. So who makes the phone call to you uh, for that? Uh, a gentleman in the office, just, uh, I guess, someone with talent relations, a uh, real nice guy, Ben Brown. And um, we had a nice chat, and that was about it. So did you expect that? I mean, you, obviously, your your podcast no. is wildly successful. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you have not exactly minced words about some people that you had poor experiences with. And, of course, you put over stuff that, that you did enjoy and did have good experiences with. But, I mean, it's it's not like you're, you're – talking like all rainbows and sunshine on your show all the time no and i didn't expect the call i really and truly didn't um i was flattered by the call and looking forward to going back and doing it and seeing everybody i had a great run i had a really good time uh in the wwe so i can't i look back on it fondly i choose to remember the good times and and the fun and kind of reflect on that as much as i can when was the last time you've been in the, the Manhattan Center? The last show that we ran there. So that was a a long time ago. So you're, it'll be split between Barclays and the Manhattan Center. It's really a unique dynamic that they're doing. Uh, so you got this call for Raw 25. Vince McMahon has to be aware of your show, right? I would hope so. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's, he's definitely aware of it. Have you heard of any, like – perhaps reaction uh, of anything you've said uh, about him or your impersonations or anything. I'm sure, I'm sure he's probably also heard your impersonation of him well before the podcast. Well, you know, every, every caricature I like to call him that, that I've done, uh, I think I've done everyone's face. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like something that I haven't done for many years and to them. So it was, yeah, Vince has heard it plenty of times. Bruce Pritchard, uh, funny story. I came to know Bruce Pritchard because I did 
a feature on the Brawl for All, and I asked Vince Russo about it. And Vince said, you need to get a hold of, of Bruce Pritchard about it. And then when I did, <laughs> he kind of buried Vince for coming up with it. And uh, they actually did, he and Conrad did a podcast about the Brawl for All later on and referenced the fact that I had uh, contacted them. And in the full interview, which we'll release right after Listen Ya Boy, uh, we talk a little bit about Brawl for All. We talk about Ludwig Borga and his MMA run. One of the all-time worst, Jimmy. I used to love Ludwig Borga in WWE. If you put him in there today, they well, maybe minus the, the swastika and stuff that they yeah. made him cover up. But yeah. that that's a guy that they would look at and they'd be like, oh, damn. He was great. I, I really liked him. I mean, his punches used to look really good. You know, and he and this was like what ninety five. Like this was when MMA wasn't popular yet the way that it is now. I just I really liked him. I he looked he a lot like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he did. Like like a smaller Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he did. So uh, why is it that right before the Pritchard interview you raised the camera so I couldn't see what you were doing? Why'd you do that? Oh, I was taking down the the shower curtain. Deal. And I wasn't allowed to see that. No. Why not? Because I said. <laughs> God, Jimmy. I thought I thought you were up to more shenanigans because as soon no. as you raised the camera, I'm like, oh, what's he gonna do now, this guy? No. So let's talk about uh, Impact Wrestling. Got a let's bunch of news it. about Impact Wrestling. Do had an exclusive so, on them today. I saw that, and you can you can fill in the blanks here a little bit. So sure. uh, first and foremost, we'll talk about departures. So uh, this week they they finished up their TV tapings. It's going to take them until uh, late April. Then they're going to be doing April 22nd, the Redemption pay-per-view from Toronto. Have you found out the venue yet? Have not. Okay. So they're going to be doing that, and then they'll do the next set of tapings. I'm going to guess from Toronto uh, after the, after that pay-per-view. At the tapings this week, Bobby Lashley, EC3, Chris Adonis, who people will know as Chris Masters, and Lauren Van Ness all finished up with uh, Impact Wrestling. I think Lashley and EC3 in particular, that's a pretty big hit to, to the top of your roster. Um, I think Laurel Van Ness is a big one too. Yeah, she was doing some cool stuff. With she the, was integral in their knockouts division. She was their champion, right? She, right when she gave notice, I think she was the champion, right? She gave notice yep. in Ottawa, right? Yep. So, uh, so, so they EC3. all left. There's lots of rumors that Lashley might end up in WWE. Um, I think you said EC3 trademarked the name. Is that correct? He applied. He applied for okay. the trademark and. He's been pulled from a January 28th booking. Oh, is that right? Now, that could mean a lot of things. Maybe he's showing up in Sapporo for the New Japan show, Jim. <laughs> That's a big I mean, weekend. it's always possible. Maybe always maybe possible. they're going to get him on that UFC card that weekend. Yeah, that's possible. But, too, I mean, yeah. that is that is a psychotic weekend. Two nights of New Japan, uh, NXT TakeOver, a UFC show, and the Royal Rumble, all in one weekend. Do you think that... Um... What kind of a reaction would he get? Let's say that he was a surprise entrant in the Rumble as EC3 or as Ethan, Ethan Carter the third. Do you think he'd get much of a reaction? It's man, it's so tough to say because uh, he went, he stood out in that group of people. I thought there yes, were maybe, I think there were five people that really stood out. I thought Eli Drake to a degree because of his charisma. Bobby yeah. Lashley definitely did. Absolutely. EC3 did. I think Laurel Van Ness was starting to, mm. and. Uh, I, I really I have to think about the the other one, but I don't want to waste time. I thought yeah. that those really did, and I saw somebody tweet that it's kind of ironic that they're running a pay per view called Redemption a few months after these people leave. Yeah. Now, yeah. when I when I asked, like I had been told, like Bobby Lashley could work Japan if he wanted to, but he probably doesn't want to because he mm. doesn't like the schedule. 
Also, uh, he left with a lot of contempt in 2008. And this is a story I told on the podcast last night. Remember when John Cena was the surprise entrant at number 30 in 2008? Yes, I was York, hoping yeah. that was Lashley. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping that was Lashley because he had been out for a while, but he never ended up coming back. By the way, watch that SmackDown show, guys. We buried it. Buried it. It was I trash. heard. I haven't, I haven't seen it. It was a bad episode this week. It was horrible. Yeah, horrible. it was. They left a lot of the main guys off the show. They did. Except, they for, did. except for the little selfie promos. Oh, those sucked. Yeah, it hey, was about Mo- you know what Mojo Raleigh cut an awesome promo on a phone. Let's do it. And as Alex, you know said, what I really hated. You know what Alex I really said, hated. The phone wasn't the cool thing about that Mojo Raleigh promo. <laughs> you know what I really hated, and I don't know that- if the Road Dog is writing this shit because uh, he's the head writer for SmackDown. The women, the female little little promo inset promo thing about the women's Royal Rumble. When you had Natalia, who wears a stupid cat ears at thirty five years old, saying, "You need cat like reflexes in the Royal Rumble," and Naomi saying, "Oh, the, all the women in the Royal Rumble are going to feel the glow." They I was watching that. Going, did they actually fucking write that shit? They need they to have Natalia bring that? back the battle cat gimmick. They might as well. Yeah, That'd they be might as well. Great. But I, I couldn't believe that they actually wrote that for real, oh, and it wasn't a, and it wasn't a parody. It wasn't a parody. It wasn't a joke. There were no young bucks. It was these actual women legitimately doing a promo saying that trash. Oh Off. yeah. Uh, as far as Laurel Van Ness goes, I was told that WWE had interest in her before she even signed with Impact. Like they had their eye on her from the time that she left Tough Enough, and uh, the person who. Uh, I spoke to said that they would be very surprised if she wasn't signed this year and uh, that EC3, if he were there, he, he could fit in virtually anywhere because he already knows the WWE TV style. EC3 also, looks like a star, carries himself like a star. Yeah. He'd be good. And Lauren Van Ness, her real name is Chelsea Green, right? Yes, correct. And she's Canadian, no? Correct. So she's, yeah, they could do it. Lance Storm trained her, correct? Yes. So she she knows her shit in the ring. Yeah, she could be really really. I think EC3's got a lot of potential. He looks like a star. He looks like a WWE guy. Carries himself like a star. So I see a lot of potential in that guy. Let's talk about the other uh, another interesting thing that came out of Impact. And again, this came out yesterday, January sixteenth. And you and I talked about this when it came out. Um, Impact announced that they are launching a channel on the Twitch platform starting today, January seventeenth. And here is where it got really interesting, Sean. So they've announced that on this Twitch platform, and it's free, correct? Yeah. It's a free channel. They're going to be doing a bunch of exclusive content, a lot of which is going to be live. This is going to be a 24-7, seven-day-a-week stream of content. Uh, They're doing stuff such as Barbed Wire Massacre 3, which they taped in uh, Ottawa back in November. That's airing tomorrow, Thursday the 18th. They're bringing back live audio wrestling on Monday nights, hosted by Jeremy Borash. It's just going to be like an Impact Wrestling You you think they'll talk WWE and stuff on there? Absolutely. Uh, You know what? Maybe on occasion, because why not? You can get away with it on Twitch. Maybe on occasion. Maybe it'll be like Livewire or something like that. You never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, then they're going to do a Wednesday night show featuring Tyrus called Enough Said. They're going to be doing a Thursday night show uh, featuring Josh Matthews called the Matthews Megacast. They're going to be doing a live event at WrestleCon in New Orleans uh, in April during WrestleMania weekend. When I heard about this, and I told you this when we, when we chatted about this, when I heard about this, the first thing I thought of is the uh, over-the-top network has flopped. Yeah, it oh, should, of course. It shit the bed because why wouldn't you put this? And you know what? Even if the network has flopped and even if they have like no subscribers and and it's collecting dust, if you put the time and the resources 
and the effort into creating the network anyway, why wouldn't you put this content on the network as opposed to putting it on a free channel? I realize they're bleeding money. I get it. And I realize that Twitch is giving them some kind of licensing money for this. And I know that Ed Nordholm himself said that the mandate was to break even, right? Yeah. And that's why they released all these guys. That's why Lashley's oh, probably gone. And- I, I, can, I can draw a comparison. I tried to compare it like when my wife asked, why are these people leaving? Um, I was like, all right, you know how I had two bulging discs on my neck and it pressed down a nerve? It still exists. But because I've done yoga and rehab, I was able to create a little bit more space and the pain mm-hmm. isn't as bad. Mm-hmm. That's what Impact's essentially doing. Like They're still losing money. But those oh, yeah. contracts, EC3 and Bobby Lashley especially, I know they got paid real good. Oh, yeah. Real oh, yeah. good. And now they're doing, from what I was told last time, uh, basically short-term deals per tapings. And, I mean, depending on where you're filming at. And I know that filming in Orlando has a lot of benefits, like because you have your stage there. It's really cheap to bring people in. You mm-hmm. don't want to fly a lot of people in. And even, then even if you do, it's a hub. So I mean, like you can get like flights for like under a hundred bucks there for some people. Like, mm. That's a big, big aspect of it. Now, uh, how does that how does that change when you go to Toronto? Because I mean, obviously, I know how much flights are from here to Toronto, but like, what about like to and from bigger cities? Depends on where it is. Depends on where it is because so there, there's an airline in Toronto called Porter. Uh, it's a downtown airline and it's one of those smaller plane, shorter flight airlines. Yeah. And they, and they only do, I think, I think the most they do is like two hour flights. So you can do like Chicago, you can do Boston, whatever. Those are dirt cheap, like $79 one way Canadian. So depending on where they're located, you're not going to hit Orlando. I don't think, I don't think Porter hits Orlando, but they could do connecting flights. If they really are looking to save that much money, they could do it, you know? I think I think that they're going to do more of Canada because of the dollar because the dollar right now is about a buck twenty six or so, uh, and they're looking to do that. But um, I don't know. I I still think. I mean, like I said, I I actually went and I looked up the uh, Global Wrestling Network. I wanted to see what do they have to offer right now with the Global Wrestling Network. Right? Picture of CM Punk doing this. I mean, not far <laughs> off, not far off. But it was basically like old Impact episodes. Old TNA pay-per-views, Fight Network documentaries, and for whatever reason, classic St. Louis wrestling. That's it. We're, we're, we're launching right now. I'm going to announce live from the 2323, the Fightful Wrestling Network. And it's only going to have the one match that's unlisted on our YouTube right now. Some match with Bobby Roode back right. in the day. Right. Should I, I, put, should the, I yeah. put that out there, by the way? Should I uh, maybe. So I, I, I put that out there because I got a bunch of stuff digitized that I had on VHS tape. Yeah. And I had Bobby Roode's match from like 2001 on a VHS tape, and I got it digitized, and I put it on our YouTube channel, but I didn't – yeah, I didn't make it public. I didn't know if like that was free and clear for us to post. I didn't know if that was one of the shows you promoted. I, like, I taped it. I can do whatever I want with it. Okay, cool. Cool. I got I a bunch. I've of, got a, I have a bunch have, of Eric Young stuff too. Yeah, I you just have, have uh, Mike Bucci, Nova. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I'm you know what? all the time finding full-length interviews that I've done with people and chopped up either for this or whatever – so, like, yep. you all will be seeing a lot of that on our YouTube, youtube.com slash Fightful. Interviews yep. with, like, Vince Russo, Kenny Dykstra, stuff like that. But we start a damn network. I just, I mean, and, and I'll reiterate again. I, I get it. They're losing money. Twitch is giving them licensing money. I get it. But, again, 
they put time and effort and resources into making a network, right? Why wouldn't you give it your best shot? If you're going to put the time and the money and the resources into it, why? It, it, I just oh, don't yeah. get it. Why I, did you wish your time? You might as well just kill the network. Might well, I think they're it. more likely to make money off of Twitch than they are the network, without a doubt. No, I get that, but the, yeah. but if you, if you well, took sure. the chance, right? Yeah. I think it's one of those things that I can't blame them for at least trying, but... <clears throat> they didn't try. They didn't try. Well, I mean, how much more could they have tried with their network? They weren't getting anybody to watch that, man. I noticed last week that a bootlegged highlight video did more views... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com on YouTube of their whole show than their show did. Like, this video was at like 350,000. And I'm like, well, they ain't taking that down because any eyes on their product right now are a good, yeah, no, good they thing. Yeah. But they didn't make any attempt to put any exclusive content on the network. They didn't make any attempt. Well, they, yeah, like, they, they're filming matches right now, but that's it. They're filming matches before that, that would be explosion matches. They're filming right. Global Wrestling Network exclusives. Yeah, that's fine. But did any actually air yet on the network? I, I don't. I don't have the network, Jimmy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I you think there's zero. One on my, you won't see that one on my invoice at the end of the month. <laughs> I think there's zero exclusive content on the network. Zero. It, when you're competing with WWE Network, New Japan World, and I also subscribe to High Spots Network, and that's not something that I have to have like through you, like. You, yep. you aren't like, okay, you need to have High Spots Network. They just got like PWG and a bunch of shoot interviews on there. Yep. So I so I subscribe to them. <coughs> that's, a, that's tough, man. You're asking. Now, you could fit all that into what would have been the pay-per-view price back in the day. But now they announced they're running on pay-per-view again? What? You, they, they would probably be better off streaming this pay-per-view on Twitch and asking people to tip them. They're probably yeah. better off doing that because they've just there been are so, some people who would watch that. They've been so short-sighted about everything. And, and again, like Ed Nordholm, at the time that this came out, and he did the interview with Wrestling Observer, and he said, I'm not interested in selling the tape library because I'd rather monetize it myself through this network. And now here we are. When was it that they announced the network? I think it was like September or October. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and now here we are in January, like just a couple months later, and they basically shit on the network by getting this Twitch deal going. They didn't give it any chance yeah. at all. So why even make the attempt? It doesn't make sense to me, man. Like, why would they even make the attempt if they're not going to give it a chance? Oh, man. And now it was funny because I got a message from somebody who I who I really like and, and appreciate who I, I feel like they took exception to my report that that the, the, the morale and impact right now is pretty good. Well, let me expand on that. One of the people that had been asking out, like, I mean, EC3, when I, I messaged him and I was like, hey, man, I need to know well, what's going on. He's like, I'm not speaking on anything. I just want you to know I like Don Callis. I like right. Scott Demore, And right. so do a lot of people there. I spoke right. to three or four different other people <coughs> that were there, and they said, yeah, there's a lot of optimism around this regime. And then somebody who uh, I've worked with in the past messaged me, and they said, heard it was like a graveyard or something there. So, I mean, depending on who you'll talk to, you get different things. But I did speak to three or four people, and one of which did say, uh, and all I could get out of EC3 was him saying, I don't have any problems with the current regime. Uh, one of the other people said that a lot of the people are too new to have bad morale anyway. Like, they're just happy and optimistic that they got a deal yeah, and they got something And they there. should be. So let's talk about Scott Demore for a minute, and uh, sure. and I'm I'm going to be very honest. So I've I've you know I don't know him well, but I know him, met him many times, and he used to do Border City Wrestling in Windsor. I think he still does on occasion. He calls and that Bobby Roode match we have on the the unlisted thing. There you go. Yep. Yep. And I'm I'm going to be very honest. Back in the day when Scott Demore used to do BCW shows with regularity, his shows were known in the Ontario Independence. His shows were known as the ones that drew the big houses. He was right on the other side of the river from Detroit. Uh, and it was always known that the BCW shows are going to do a thousand people versus a lot of the independents that do a couple hundred. Now I'm going to be very honest when I say this and I'm not being critical. I'm just being honest. One of the criticisms of Scott Demore years ago was that he was using his dad's money in order to finance everything because his dad owns a big construction business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of the criticisms was, well, it's easy, you know, he's, he's, he's doing what he's doing based on his dad's name and using his dad's money and whatever. But my my opinion is he did a great job with BCW. Like I said, they always drew big houses for BCW when a lot of other independent promoters couldn't do it. And so why not give him a chance with uh, with Impact Wrestling? Um, he did an interview with the UK Mirror, uh, and I want to touch upon a couple of things that he said because again, I agree with what he's saying. He said that they need to hit the reset button. He said that they need consistency and stability. Uh, he said they need to make a lot of small decisions right before making big decisions. And I think that's a pretty key statement that he made. And uh, he said they got to gain the trust of the wrestling fans. Then he said that they're putting together a six-month plan, a 12-month plan, an 18-month plan, and a 36-month plan. Um, I mean, Jeff Jarrett, again, you know that I was really critical of Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett was spending a shitload of Anthem's money flying all over the world talking about all these grandiose plans and we're going to get on national television and, and all this kind of shit. Scott Demore's not saying that. He's basically yeah. saying we're taking baby steps. We've got to make a bunch of small little decisions. We've got to gain the trust of the fan base back. He, I think he's doing things the right way. And I thought that Jeff Jarrett, again, he had these grandiose ideas because it wasn't his money. And that's, I, I was very optimistic about at least the booking of Impact TNA Global Force under Jarrett and Demore, But it's obvious Jarrett, like in the, in the state of mind he was in, not the right call. The unfortunate thing for Demore is they've hit the reset button so many goddamn times. Like it's happened it's true. over and over. I mean, for the love of God, they changed their name three times last year. Yeah, so that, I mean that. that yeah, you're right as well. You're right. And I hey, mean, that wasn't on his watch. I've thought right. about starting a fightful twitch myself. Not a bad idea. Not yeah. enough hours in the day, but I've thought about it. Like there's true. a lot of I've spoken about it to you even. Like the video game market is one to corner, and House of Hardcore's on Twitch now. So. 
Yeah. You can get some tips there. Is it time to go to stupid people? It's time, man. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Did Trevor <coughs> Strong write that song? TrevorStrong.org. Used to do the stupid song. Now, I got to tell you, Sean, this is the first week that I have been unable to find a suitable Sean Ross Sapp No! Pilot. Stupid people news story. It's the first week that I, was, I wasn't able to – I was able to find some stuff that, you know, maybe it was related to a bathroom or something, but nothing that really fit the Sean Ross Sapp file, you know, penis or shit news story. And so I decided to take a pass and just do three regular stupid people news stories this week. So what I'll do is I'll make it up in the future. Maybe I'll have two Sean Ross Sapp file stories in the same news week. Are you going to be able to get over it, man? You've ruined it, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this first one was reported by the Washington Post on January 16. And we've talked about this before, Sean. Social media, man, and, and younger people today, teenagers today, it's hard to put into words, you know, the things that you hear about. Um, are you familiar with Tide Pods? I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So there's a new trend on social media among teenagers and young adults. I'm not talking children. I'm talking teenagers and young adults. And it's called the Tide Pod Challenge. And basically what these idiots are doing is they're filming themselves eating a Tide Pod, like a detergent pod, which – it's poisonous, people. Back it's in a my detergent day, pod. telling somebody to drink bleach right. was uh, quite the insult. Right. And now people are filming themselves eating Tide Pods because people are just so fucking stupid looking for attention this day and age. That's why they do it. Uh, and there was a – so here's the thing. So Tide has long issued warnings to parents about the packets because obviously they look attractive to little kids, right? Mm -hmm. To little kids, they look like candy. So Tide has done like warning videos and stuff. I know that they had uh, Gronk do one. Um, I don't think anybody thought they're going to have to tell teenagers and young adults not to eat the damn Tide Pod. But that's what's happening. And here's a stat that the Washington Post uh, reported: last year in the U.S., poison control centers received reports of almost 220 teenagers getting exposed to these packets, and 25% of those cases were intentional, meaning that 55 kids last year intentionally ate a Tide Pod. Dumbass because, kids, don't they know that OxyClean works like way better? Well, what do you think of this stat, man? So that was 55 for, for 2017, right? Mm -hmm. So far in 2018, and we're only two weeks into 2018, Sean. a lot more. So far in 2018, 37 cases have been reported, mm -hmm. and half of them were intentional, meaning that they're averaging more than one a day. More than one a day is intentionally eating a Tide Pod, Sean. Yeah, I believe it. Dipshits. Amazing. Is it amazing? Dipshits. I wish Nigel was, was here so I could look at him and say, isn't it amazing, Nigel? You know? So that's that one. This next Nigel. one. Oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. This next one was reported by NJ.com on December 8th. I'm curious what you think of this one, Sean. So there's a town in New Jersey called Leona or Leonia, I guess. Leonia. And apparently commuters go through it as a shortcut to get to the George Washington Bridge which is in Jersey Station in New York, right? And apparently some of the apps like Waze will reroute, reroute people through Leonia if they're yeah. trying to get home quick or whatever, right? So town officials decided that in order to combat traffic, they would start finding people 
between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. if they don't live or work in Leonia. And what they're making people do is go to City Hall, get a yellow tag, put the yellow tag in your rearview mirror, and that will inform authorities that you live or work in Leonia. If you don't have that yellow tag in your in your rearview mirror, and if cops see you on the street between those times, you're going to get fined two hundred dollars. Scarlet letter of vehicles. Mother Isn't of it God. crazy? Isn't it crazy? And so here's the kicker: uh, the the legality of the whole thing was questioned. Like, is this legal? Do you have the right to do this? And the mayor of Leonia basically said, "Yeah, it's legal, and we're doing it." Don't stop and frisk my car, damn it! Isn't that crazy? Treat man? adults like adults. What would happen if, let's say that you, Sean, decided to drive cross-country and you got a buddy that lives in Leonia and you show up at his place at uh, 6 p.m. and a cop you know, pulls you over and gives you a, a ticket for 200 bucks? You'd yeah. hear me on this segment. You'd hear about me on this segment. I would love to – I'd hear about you on the segment. Oh, yeah. Because the way that you'd react? Yeah. I'd, I would be amazed. Oh, this is – Would I, you end up arrested, Sean? Probably, yeah. Out of pure confusion, if nothing else. Can I shoot you a question? God, I live in a sewer. So I don't know if this rule has taken effect yet. Can we set something up? Uh, whereby if I can confirm that this is taking effect, that you basically get a GoPro and get in, you get in a car and drive around Leonia between uh, 6 a.m., 10 a.m., 4 p.m., 9 p.m. for like two, three days to see what happens. Can we maybe set that up? I think it's it, – Leonia is like, what, 45 minutes from New York City? I got a lot of people in New York City. Yeah, I Carlos could do, could do it. Hot dog. I mean, for the love of God, David Tease lives in Tom's River. Why don't we set something like that up? I gotta, I gotta confirm that it's actually taking effect. And if actually, it has, they moved way far away. You should probably send me on a trip to New York. Sounds like <laughs> the best idea. <laughs> have you ever been in New York City before? I've never been in New York City, but I have. I mean, like dozens of friends there. Like, okay. so I'm, I'm gonna go. Hopefully, maybe, maybe this summer or something. I'll take a two day trip up there or something. It's a good town. Yeah. They keep on closing my favorite restaurants, but otherwise, it's a good really? town. Yeah, so we used to go to a breakfast place called La Maison. It was a French cafe, and it was uh, up Upper Manhattan. Awesome patio, nice breakfast. I went there for probably five years in a row. They shut it down. And I can understand it. It was a big property, and I'm sure that they were they had a deal on the rental. I'm sure. Yeah. So they shut it down. And Carnegie Deli. Are, are you have you ever heard of Carnegie Deli? Yes, I have. Classic deli, great smoked meat sandwiches. It was an institution. It closed as well. I always like bummer. to make a habit anywhere I travel to, any even like little towns I go to. I want to get something to eat there that I can't get to eat here. So I, I, that's that's a big reason. And like I said, just so many people that I've met through wrestling and MMA and Twitter in general live up there. I mean, dozens yep. of people. So I'm I'm past due to make a New York trip. Go to Ray's Pizza, but you got to find the right one because there's, there's knockoffs all over the place. So got to find the right one. Uh, this last story. Reported by KRON Channel 4 out of San Francisco on January 10th. This one's kind of funny. There's a rapper out of Providence, Rhode Island. His name is Michael Prasad. Ironically enough, my wife's uh, uh, maiden name is Prasad. And although she's not from Providence, this guy uses the stage name Montana Mills. All right? So maybe you can look him up on YouTube later. Montana Mills. One of his supposed hit songs is called Sell Drugs. And he spells drugs, D-R-U-G-S-Z, oh. sell drugs, right? 
Last Tuesday, he was sentenced to three years in prison for selling drugs. Selling drugs. <laughs> and he apparently sold fentanyl and heroin to an oh. undercover cop several times over a four month period. And he's awaiting sentencing. Uh, oh, no, he got sentenced to three years for that one. But on top of that one, he's also awaiting sentencing in Lebanon County, Pennsylvania, where he was also convicted on drug, char drug charges. Good. Fuck him. Hope he goes away for a long time. I've had a, you know, I'm not advocating drug use or anything, but I did lose a couple of friends who, this area especially, who bought drugs that were laced with fentanyl unknowingly and died. Really? Oh, really? yeah. It, it was a real problem in this really? area. There was a, I think it was a batch of heroin or something that came in through, like, West Virginia, and about, I think it was one day, just one day, just out of the blue, like 20, 30 overdoses in the tri-state area. Uh, based on that, and oh, it's mm. horrible. I, I, don't, I don't understand the benefit of it. Not big into drugs. I had lost touch with the person, but horrible if anybody shit. watching the show or listening to this show is a aspiring singer, my first piece of advice to you is: do not write or produce any songs about a crime that you plan to commit. Yeah, it's the first thing that I want to give you guidance on because it's not going to work out well. NWA didn't actually fuck police, you guys. No. That's right. It's a matter right. of speech. That's right. Uh, I want to say one other thing about Impact Wrestling because I thought this was kind of interesting. So the NWA, Billy Corrigan's NWA, produced an empty arena match this week uh, between Tim Storm, who's the former NWA champion, the whole you know 52-year-old uh, high school teacher, and a gentleman by the name of Josephus. Yeah. Uh, now, Sean and I talked about this Josephus guy. He, I really like his character. I mean, he developed it all on his own. I really like his character. He does, you know, he's got some wacky stuff he does outside the ring. He wears these, these wacky outfits. Uh, that's all cool. What I don't like about him is that in the ring, he dresses like Bruiser Brody. And with all due respect to Josephus, Bruiser Brody, you are not. Not in terms of look, intimidation, or in-ring skill set. He is not Bruiser Brody, so he should change the in-ring gear. But his out-ring out gear, I think, outside of the ring gear is, is cool. The NWA uh, aired the Empty Arena match on YouTube last Monday, January 15th. And what I couldn't help but notice when I watched it was that it was taking place in the Impact Zone. Yeah. And it was and it was taking place in Impact's ring. And the play-by-play -play commentary was, was done by Jeremy Borash. Jeremy Borash and uh, Sam Shaw, who does the voiceovers for 10 Pounds of Gold. So when I saw that, I thought, well, isn't that unique that Billy Corgan's new promotion filmed this match in the Impact Zone? Why do you think that is, Sean? I think they, I think Impact probably still owes Billy something. Right. So money is probably owed. Probably. We don't know that for real. We're just speculating. Money is probably owed, and uh, and they're trying to do them, you know, solid that way, I guess, in order yeah, to make that it. lawsuit goes away, but I mean, not everything associated with it does. Very true. Let's move on and talk about the Mixed Match Challenge. Yeah. So again, we're doing this on the 17th. The Mixed Match Challenge started last night, January 16th. Uh, Finn Balor and Sasha Banks defeated uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalya. Uh, I haven't been able to watch the match yet. Uh, I was asking Sean this morning, how are the Facebook watch numbers? And then I was able, <coughs> excuse me, I was able to get them. Uh, here's where I want to talk about whether or not this is a success or not. So apparently... The show peaked at around 135,000 live views on Facebook Watch. And as of noon today, January 17th, there are about 950,000 total views. 
there was a story done by Business Insider last November talking about how Facebook Watch uh, had several of their original shows do big numbers on the first episode, and then there'd be massive drop-off after the first episode. Now, here's where this might be concerning for WWE. The first episode of the other shows that Facebook Watch has done, and granted, they're not pro wrestling, they're yeah. you know, original, original series, they did as many as 30 million views. Those numbers can episode. be incredibly misleading, though. Like, what do they count as a view? Is it like 10 seconds? Like, is that a Well, few? to me, I think a lot of it might be geo-based, too, because I don't know if those shows were only in the U.S. and, and the WWE show was only in that's, the U.S. Yes, it was, yeah. So that's, man, so I wonder I don't what know. they can do worldwide. Yeah, but again, I don't think WWE would have done 30 million views in any situation. I don't think they would have gotten anywhere close. Those other shows, after they dropped off, because I saw a chart in Business Insider, and after they dropped off, the drop-off numbers were still greater than 135,000 views. Um, although they weren't greater than 950,000 views. So my question is this, and time will tell, do you think that there's going to be the same pattern of drop-off with Mixed Match Challenge, or do you think that they're going to maintain 950,000 views, say, for a day's worth of, of, uh, of views? Because if they can maintain it, it's a success. I think that they can, based on who wrestles. Having Nakamura, Balor, and Sasha Banks kick it off is... Man, you're talking about people with some pretty dedicated fan bases too, especially who would have Facebook. So why didn't you mention Natalia? Come on, I, I love I mean, Sean, Natalia. You know you need you need cat like reflexes in the Royal Rumble, Sean. I do have cat like reflexes. That's good. I can That's jump good. on top of a car, Jimmy. You've seen it. I think I have a good idea about an, a gift to give you now that just popped into my head. What's so. that? Oh, uh, we'll see. I'm going to work another on trip it. to Toronto. A raise, hot dog. <laughs> So the Woo! WWE Hall of Fame, WWE officially announced that Goldberg's going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. He's going to be uh, heading up the class of 2018. Uh, and there's a lot of speculation as to who the other inductees are going to be. I've heard names like the Dudley Boys, Bam Bam Bigelow, Ivory, and Kid Rock. Um, have you heard anything else official yet, or, or is Goldberg the only real solidified name that we've heard? I've heard of several names, but WWE loves to play the hokey pokey with their Hall of Fame like names and stuff because it looked like natural disasters going in <coughs> last year and then it didn't end up being the case and now it's looking like wish they would because typhoons in in pretty rough shape but mm. yeah there there are some names that have been floated out there i hate to uh go and say them because i mean you know i already did oh did you were you not listening to me man i mean i hate to this do is it two minutes ago people People get online and they're like, well, Sean Ross Epps said this, reported, reported, reported. The Rousey thing, like before I had composed the article, people were writing things that I had said that I didn't actually say. But yeah, I've heard that it's Bam Bam Ivory. Uh, I just said it. The Dudley boy. How did you not hear me? I, I, said I did hear you. I just didn't want to confirm shit. Oh, you didn't want to confirm it? Well, you don't know though, right? No, I'm, I'm trying to find out, but. <laughs> Do I mean, you think – let me ask you this question. Do you think that one of the reasons that the Dudleys are on the 25th anniversary show is because they're going to make the announcement then? Yeah, I think that, that could be a very good way. I mean it's it's funny the way that sometimes I get Hall of Fame news. Of all places, some rando on Facebook messaged our like, – I think it was maybe the Fightful account before Rock and Roll Express went in. They're like, Ricky Morton's telling people all over town he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like – Okay, and I did some digging, and it's like, hot. well, okay, he is. 
Right. And uh, all I could tweet was, he's telling people. Because, right. I mean, it, like, what am I going to do? Call up the local corner store and be like, sources <coughs> can confirm. Right. You just never know. You think there's any possibility? You know how um, Ric Flair was inducted twice, right? Yeah. By himself and with the four horsemen. Do you think there's any possibility that Shawn Michaels will get inducted three times as himself with DX and with the Rockers? That was actually a talking point on uh, Pritchard's show last week. I think they really? could. I think they could uh, because I think that's the only way Marty goes in. Oh, it's absolutely the only way he goes in. Yeah. They're not going to put him wait, up wait, there Wait himself. a second. Yeah. You don't think he gets in with Leaf Cassidy? <laughs> that was actually a fun duo. I, that was a fun duo. I liked him. I mean, Marty Jannetty was my favorite wrestler for a long time, Jimmy. Oh, yeah? What about the current Marty Jannetty? Where's he rank? You mean the Marty Jannetty that posts online uh, an inquiry as to whether he should bang a woman he thought he was his daughter? Uh, yeah, that and one take the too... porn star gig, remember? Yeah, that one ain't too high on my list. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, let me ask you what you think of this one. The United States title tournament. Oh, man, you're already rubbing your face, Sean. You're already rubbing your face, man. Waylon Jennings got upset. So uh, we talked on this show in the past about how the United States title has been really tarnished. Dolph Ziggler thought so much of it. He left it on the canvas in the middle of the ring. They do this tournament. First, they announce that the finals are going to be at the Royal Rumble. Then they announce that they're moving it to next week's SmackDown show on the 23rd, uh, which makes sense, I guess, due to time constraints. Then... What's that? These are blurry. the one-a-day vitamins that I felt like gnawing about seven of last night that have oh, a really? lot of caffeine in them. Oh, really? During SmackDown. So, Jinder Mahal did a promo last night, and I think you know what I'm talking about, where first, he comes out and he says, the match is scheduled for next week, to Bobby Roode. Yes. Then Bobby Roode says, well, why don't we do it right now? And Jinder Mahal says, no, we're going to do it when I want to do it. Even though he just said. Yeah. He just said it's going to be next week. Then Daniel Bryan comes out and says, we're doing it right now. And they or do, we're doing it tonight. And they did. Uh, it was just so convoluted and it felt so rushed and thrown together. And Bobby Roode uh, uh, defeated Jinder Mahal, became the U.S. champion. I don't know, man. This It looks to me Whoop like just de-doo, a... doo Basil. What does it all mean? Yeah, and the descent of Jinder Mahal, man, it's almost complete. He's like almost down to main event at this point. Yeah, it's almost like he's not good at wrestling or cutting promos. And uh, his suspiciously revamped body uh, wasn't enough to anchor him in the minds of pro wrestling fans by and large. That was a bad promo. That, yeah, that was a really bad promo. And I also found it apropos, even though WWE doesn't acknowledge these things, that you had two Canadians in the final for the U.S. title. Uh, one of them cornered by two other Canadians. That show last night was real bad. Yeah, they held a lot of guys off. Like, no, even though Nakamura, they had two hours to fill. Nakamura, Zane, Owens, Orton. Uh, Orton AJ yep. was on there for like a minute and cut one of the worst promos of his life yep. that was written for him. It was Why do you so think they bad. did that? Why did they hold so many guys off? So they could do stupid-ass phone promos. Like yeah, That was their way of getting them on the screen. Getting them on the show. I mean, I can understand Nakamura. He's the one guy that makes sense to me because he had the Mixed Match Challenge match. What, what about everybody else, well, right? And because English you know, is not his strong suit. Yeah, like, but with... what I'm saying is I can understand him not having a match on SmackDown. Sure, of course. But what about all the other guys? Why didn't they do anything? 
I don't know. It's weird. I heard KO's got some nagging injuries, and they're kind of keeping him for the Rumble. He was there. He was he there. Was there but he was there, but I can understand why maybe they want to hold him out of the ring. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. What's going on? Road Dog, what's going on? What's up, bud? I like Road Dog personally. Like, he's always really nice. He seems me, like but, a really likable guy. But, but like, uh, man, I don't know what's up with this show. I don't know. I think that it might be time for him to get uh, O-U-double-T. D-O-double-G. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you like that? Is that good? No, I did not, actually. No? Oh. I did Road not. Dog, Road Dog might need to take some time off so he can be with his baby tonight. Are you re- you're really proud of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> you're really proud of yourself to, to do... <sighs> Perhaps the you know, mo- more famous renditions of Alone With My Baby Tonight are sung by Bruce Pritchard on his podcast, <laughs> Something to Wrestle With. Did he you're... really do... Did he ever do that? Oh, all I the would time. believe it. I'd believe it. To the point to where they had Jeff Jarrett on one of their live shows come and sing it. Mm. Here's Bruce Pritchard in my conversation. You can learn a little bit more about his... Uh, <laughs> About his upcoming live show at Barclays as well. Also, last year you had this run with, with Impact Global Force Wrestling. When you got into that, did you kind of know it was going to be short term? Well, Jeff Jarrett and I talked about it from the beginning, and we, we kind of looked at it as, um, let's see how this thing goes. And if Jeff uh, were still in charge there probably would still be doing stuff. But at the same time, my schedule, my live event schedule and everything else that I was doing started to conflict a little bit with the television taping schedule that impact had. So it kind of worked out for the best for everybody in that I did my last uh, appearance for them in August and I was going to miss a ton of those tapings afterwards so that convenience of firing me on air was right there and I was like let's go for it let's make it make sense for them and I can kind of move on my merry way was there any type of I don't want to say heat but what was the reaction like when you walked back in that lot not locker room but that backstage area after you did two pretty lengthy podcasts on them bearing all about your experiences there um absolutely positive on all fronts so um i was i was shocked and uh, also happy to, to learn how many people were listening to the podcast so i was happy about that but for the most part it was positive they one of the reasons they even asked me back was because of the success of the podcast so that helped and you know coming back in i think that a portion of my audience was going to come and, and check out what I was doing on TV there for impact and, and vice versa. So um, pretty much I was welcome back with open arms and, and it was a good experience. It was probably the easiest gig I've ever had in the wrestling business because I, my only responsibility was for my performance And I didn't have to worry about everybody else. Yeah, I was going to ask what all you did there, if they had you involved in anything behind the scenes or if you were strictly an on-air character. I was strictly an on-air character. I did go to the production meetings, and and from time to time they would ask my opinion on things, of which I was happy to give. Um, But uh, for the most part, it was an on-air character. I I had my uh, script, if you will, of, of what they wanted me to do, and I had freedom to interpret it how I wanted to interpret it and take it from there. So in that regard, I I would show up when it was time to go to work and 
I would kind of disappear and do my day job, if you will. And then uh, when it was time to go, head out, do my stuff, go back to the hotel. So it was it was easy in that regard and a lot of fun because I, I just got to enjoy being a talent and enjoy being around people without having to worry about contracts and everything else. When was the last time you were able to do that? Because, I mean, you had been involved in production. You had been – really, you've had, you had a hand in a little bit of everything during your time, talent relations. Had you ever just simply performed at like as a performer without any additional duties? No. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I never really thought of it. No, never have. Man, that's that's like what an incredible like, change that is. Tell people where they can get tickets for this upcoming show at Barclays. Boxofgimmicks.com and tickets start at only thirty-five dollars. Blows my mind because you get an NBA game with the Brooklyn Nets against the Miami Heat, and then right after that, you get our show live. And uh, we'll also have VIP tickets available, but they're all available at boxofgimmicks.com this Friday night, January 19th, at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Definitely encourage everybody to check that out and your podcast in general. i got to say my favorite story of all that you've told is the Bob Holly story where his <laughs> great idea was to beat everybody and give him the belt. That was I that got was, an idea. Give me the belt. That was Not to beat everybody. Fantastic I love Bob. stuff. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Bruce, thank you so much. Guys, head over to boxofgimmicks.com to get tickets for this weekend's Barclays show that Bruce Pritchard will be at. The story that that I mentioned to that I mentioned uh, Bruce Pritchard told on his podcast when they would solicit ideas from talent, Jimmy. Uh, they they asked Bob Holly, "Hey, you got any ideas?" and you know, we've had some talks with Bob Holly in the past about doing some work with us. And his idea was, yeah, I got an idea. How about I beat everybody and you give me the belt? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty much in line. Uh, I can say that in my interactions, Bob's a pleasant person to deal with. I hope we do get to do some stuff with him in the future. But uh, yeah, boxofgimmicks.com. And thanks to Bruce for taking the time. That full interview with some additional stuff. We'll be up tonight on uh, Fightful.com and our YouTube. So I'm not a basketball fan. Mm-hmm. And I asked one of the guys in the office who is, how are the Brooklyn Nets doing this year? And he said, not great. <laughs> and with all due respect to Bruce Pritchard, because I heard about, you know, because I, I don't follow Bruce Pritchard's podcast too much, but I heard about, hey, he's going to be doing this live show at Barclays. And I thought to myself, Jesus, that's a pretty, pretty upstanding gig for Bruce Pritchard. Then I heard that the Brooklyn Nets are shitting the bed, and then when I went on Box of Gimmicks to look up the ticket prices because I was curious, mm-hmm. I discovered that for the price of the ticket, you actually get to watch the damn basketball game, Sean. Oh, yeah. Oh, They're doing Nets, that bad? Nets are bottom three in attendance. Oh, my That's goodness. Rough. Oh, my rough, goodness. But, uh, but, yeah, kudos to Bruce Pritchard. And I got to say, savvy of the Nets to recognize that that probably people are going to make this a weekend deal and travel in for – a wrestling show, so maybe they can capitalize off it. More power to them. And uh, kudos to kudos, kudos to Conrad Thompson for going up about twenty pegs on the league scale and getting uh, Flair's oldest daughter. He's a Flair. He's going to be a Flair. It's going to be a Flair. I thought it was a rib. Like with all due respect, <laughs> I thought it was a rib. And I actually asked Sean, "Is that legit? Because that can't be." With all due respect, and uh, and Sean was like, "No, it's legit." And I was like, "Man, okay, good for him. Good for him, man. Yeah, kudos. Congrats to." Conrad Thompson uh, and Megan Flair. That's really good. And yeah, good for them. Now going back to the road dog thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't know that I'm good at puns when I want to be. 
You need to retire from everything. Let's talk. Oh, I'm not just, quite ready for that yet. I'm getting stop. close. I'll sacrifice the salary. I'm done now. Do I, do I get your word on that? Oh, <laughs> that was so bad. You know what that sounded like? That that whole thing? What? That sounded like Tony Schiavone when he was given the mandate to do the Mick Foley butts in the seats thing. <laughs> that's what that that's what that reminded me of just then when you did that. So uh, let's talk about Jay Uso. Um, man, this is a big big news week for us this week, Sean. Jay Uso, his real name is Joshua Fatu. He was arrested last weekend in Texas for D- DWI, driving while intoxicated. I actually didn't know the difference between DWI and DUI. Is it the same thing, except for DUI could be narcotics? Is that the difference? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I've never been arrested uh, for it, so. Well, that's good. So uh, so he was arrested for that. He was released the same day on a $500 bond. He continued to work the WWE Live events, worked the SmackDown taping last night. Um, WWE released this statement. Joshua Fatu is responsible for his own personal actions. We're investigating the matter and awaiting information from local law enforcement officials. I know his brother had a couple of DWIs in the past, and I'm not sure a lot came from that, so I don't expect a lot's going to come from this either, but his mugshot was all over the place. Wouldn't shock me to see them drop the titles at the Rumble because of this. And that could happen. That's a shame because I really enjoy their work. I know that you Let me ask you them. this question. Let me ask you this question. You know how... We've talked about this, I think, on occasion when like a guy runs in and, you know, attacks a guy in the ring and let's say the, the baby face runs in, attacks the heel. The heel takes off and the baby face just stands at the ropes looking at him because for some reason those ropes are like a barrier that he can't break through. So he just stands there looking at the heel as the heel runs away. I felt that same exact way when I saw Gable and Benjamin attack the Usos backstage and then Gable and Benjamin took off. And the Usos, instead of laying there selling the injuries, they actually stood up and looked off camera mad and just stood there. And I watched that thinking to myself, they're probably like 25 feet ahead of you, man. Man, like, can't you... Benjamin's really fast. Well, I guess, I guess, <laughs> I guess, I suppose. But I just watched that thinking, how stupid does that look? At least when they're in the ring, because it looks dumb in the ring too, but at least we're in the ring, at least they have the ropes, you know, in front of them. Sure. They had nothing but the t- but the camera frame. There was nothing in their way. I got nothing for you. I agree. It was dumb. Is it stupid? It was like really these are stupid. The, these are the little things. Like what makes wrestling good is when you pay attention to little things. That's what makes wrestling good. And I think one of the reasons that we liked Omega Jericho was because Jericho did little things during that match. You know that I like I appreciate. to have my intelligence massaged, not insulted. Agreed. That's, Agreed. I, mean, I see Agreed. commercials all the time for network TV shows, and I think, who are the 15 million people, 10 million people watching this? No disrespect to anybody that enjoys the Big Bang Theory, but I have sat through three episodes of that, and I have not cracked a smile. Right. I've been like, what? And I had somebody on Twitter say, well, you got to be smart to get the jokes, and I said, no, you fucking don't. No. No. no, you don't. So let me, let, me, let me tell you this story, Sean. So are you familiar with Mr. Bean? I am. Okay, so Mr. Bean, I'm a big fan of Mr. Bean. And, you know, Canada and the UK, you know, there's like a bond between us a little bit. So a lot of, a lot of British stuff ends up on Canadian television. Oh, I know. I'm super Canadian right? now. There you go. So I've seen a lot of the Mr. Bean stuff. Years ago, and this is an example of uh, the casual television audience. Years ago on Friends, right? Friends did an episode where Joey got a turkey stuck on his head. Yes. Right? It was a Thanksgiving episode. That. that was a blatant ripoff of Mr. Bean, right? Sure. A blatant 
absolutely blatant ripoff of Mr. Bean. Do you know how many viewers, because I remember seeing articles and stuff, thought it was brilliant on the part of the Friends writers that they came up with that? Because they didn't know it was a ripoff of Mr. Bean. And if you told them it was, they would say you're wrong because clearly Friends came up with that, right? And that is the mentality of a lot of the casual television viewers, huh? Hey, we had the creation of Ellsworth on an episode of Most Ridiculous about a month before it was on the Festival of Friendship. So There you go. One more thing on my list this week. I'm going to put over the Young Bucks for their ability to uh, find ways to put themselves over. <laughs> Because they always find a way to put themselves over. My they always coach find a way. Pissy about them this week. Really? Yeah. So uh, you guys might remember a month ago there was a little tiff on social media between Daniel Cormier, who's the current UFC light heavyweight champion, and the Young Bucks, uh, because there was a spot from a Ring of Honor show. It was like a six man tag, and they all missed drop kicks individually first, and then all six guys missed a drop kick, and then they all stood up and looked at each other. Uh, Daniel Cormier used the word pathetic when describing that spot and it led to a back and forth between them. And I remember like Cody Rhodes jumped in and Phil Baroni was part of it and, and all this kind of thing. So this week, Daniel Cormier was on the MMA hour with Ariel Hawani promoting his fight this weekend. He's defending the uh, light heavyweight title and, uh, Ariel Hawani, who's a big pro wrestling guy and also Canadian Sean, cause we're fucking taking over, man. Ariel Hawani asked him about pro wrestling and about that young bucks thing. And Cormier, um, he said the whole thing turned him off of pro wrestling a little bit. He said he's watched a little bit of less pro wrestling ever since that happened. Then he kind of sort of threatened the Young Bucks sort of yeah. by, tell, by telling them to calm down. And he smacked his hand as if to say, I could kick your ass, which he could because uh, yeah. the Young Bucks are like 160 pounds. So he could kick their ass. But he kind of sort of threatened them. Uh, that led to the Young Bucks jumping back on Twitter. And uh, and basically saying, my God, you're still pissed off about that spot kind of thing. They went back and forth. Then here's where it really got kind of crazy. MMA fans were threatening the Young Bucks. Pro wrestling fans were threatening Daniel Cormier. And finally, Cooler has prevailed. Daniel Cormier apologized to them. They apologized to him. And through the whole thing, I just thought to myself, the Young Bucks once again capitalized on this situation. Oh, yeah. right? I thought some of the stuff that was said was kind of immature. Like, I mean, he was posed the question. He didn't just riff on it himself and what i thought was super weird were these dipshits that would chime in and be like oh don't listen to daniel he's just busy losing to john jones all the time and i'm like i'm like you do understand he's probably a top 10 pound for pound fighter ever right, right. like john and, jones an, and an olympic wrestler guy. too an yes. olympic wrestler john jones is the, or john jones is the only guy to beat him right like it's it was so bad and you know what I'll think is hilarious? If Daniel Cormier and Josh Barnett face the Young Bucks at All In in September. And I here's mean, the thing. When, when they said he's trying to make an angle of it, I'm like, please, if he wanted on Ring of Honor TV, he'd be on there tomorrow. Like, they would love to have him at Ring of Honor. Yeah, oh, they would. I mean, there's no way he's going to be at the All In show. They can't afford him. That's not going to happen. Not unless he wants to do it for fun. Yeah, you never know. If he wants to do it for fun, cool. And that visual to me... I mean, Barnett is like, what, 6'2", 6'3". Cormier is shorter. He's like 5'10". But the Bucks are like 160 pounds and more like 5'9", maybe? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. I, I don't know. I a career off of that visual, Jimmy. 
Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. But but again, because, uh, you know, I've, I've talked on the show about how the Young Bucks are just not my cup of tea, but I do respect them for what they've done and, sure. and the T-shirt, the merchandise sales and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, man, they, they capitalized. As soon as – it was on their radar immediately when he was talking on the MMA Hour and they jumped on that. And then yeah. Cormier – Cormier, like, feeds into that really easy too. Yes, he does. He starts cutting his own promos. Yes, he does. He starts cutting his own promos. Yeah. Well, guys, we so had a contest them. over at Instagram.com slash Fightful Online. Head over there. We're going to be doing giveaways all the time. Also, you all can follow us on Twitter at Fightful Online and Facebook at Fightful Online. Doing giveaways there as well. Uh, and is it win- true that you – is it true, sorry to interject, that somebody in South Africa won this? Yeah, it sure is. South Africa. <laughs> so, Sean, you realize – you realize – The man that- who gives away – Thousands of dollars for eating competitions is complaining about this. Well, that's for fun. Not if that this, this, if this fun, woman had but... won a pa- or eaten a pound of tiramisu before winning this action figure, you would not be complaining. We actually did a tiramisu challenge once. You know, I've got a strength and conditioning coach, and I went, I went to dinner with him uh, last weekend. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know what? If Jimmy brings me back to Toronto... He's my plus one, and I'm putting him in all the eating competitions. Oh, really? Mother really? of God. Really? Mother of God. Very interesting. Very interesting. Woo! But anyway, shout out, so like... Shout out to CrossFit <coughs> 50 Cuffs in Georgetown, Kentucky. But uh, the winner is JP is here on Instagram. We will contact you. From Get South Africa? information. What is that? From South Africa? No, not from South Africa. That's for, this is for the T-shirt. Oh, for the T-shirt. We, oh, we okay. announced the winner of the, the action figure a while back. You haven't given me their info yet. Well, I'm going <laughs> to. That might be worthwhile. Yeah, they'll, they'll get it in 19 days instead of 20 days, I guess. And it's going to cost me $3,000 to ship it to them. <laughs> but uh, I'll get it done. Thanks a lot, Sean. Maybe next time you can find somebody in you know, fucking Kenya or something <laughs> and, and let them win the contest. Let them. I don't. I don't choose who wins the the contest. I know. I, know, I randomize I know. it. I make it fair, Jimmy. There you go. I mean, I know. I know you're into insider trading and all, but I mean, picking contest winners is is a new low. Anybody that's into crypto right now, it's shit the bed. And this is good news for me because I buy low, so it's good yeah. for me. But uh, I, there's some guys in my office that are crying today because they've lost a shitload of money on Bitcoin. Well, I'm glad that I, I didn't buy uh, a couple weeks ago. I might get into it soon. You gave me some tips, and I'm, I'm looking to it. I'm trying to hit a financial goal right now, and fridges and all this stuff that keeps happening, water lines busting, keeps setting me back. But I have a modest, well, modest for you, Jimmy, modest financial goal I'm trying to hit, and uh, then maybe I'll spend a little bit. But Good, man. Good. What else What else you got? Anything else going on this week? Not really. My rentals continue. That's still happening. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to tell you a story about a reno. You do tell it's stories. Actually, yeah, and this is actually a good story, but I can't tell you yet because uh, my my wife's family, the entire family does not yet know this Ooh. situation. And some of them might listen to the show, so uh, I can't tell yeah. the story yet. But one of these weeks, I'm going to tell you a really good reno story about my wife's family. So Can't wait. We're, we're getting more into that as, as we get older. We're looking at the idea of possibly renovating instead of buying move-in ready to control costs in the future, but it's exciting stuff. It's scary stuff when you're at my stage and all that, but really looking forward to it. Uh, Guys, Fightful.com, we have live UFC 220 coverage this Saturday, Bellator 192 coverage as well, and we have Who you got, by the way? 
What? Cormier, Cormier, or Vulcan? Who you got? Man, that's no, a good those, fight. Both of those main event fights are good. Like it's yeah. Oh well, no, because Nagano's going to knock Miocic out in well, about three minutes. Miocic but, doesn't uh, need a lot of range to knock out Nganu. But you guys can check out all that talk on the whole <laughs> podcast. Right, you're right. You're right, you're right. Uh, we're coming live uh, right after those shows. Rampage versus Sunnen to talk about. Roy yeah. McDonald versus Douglas Lima. That's on the Bellator show, even. Good, good fights, man. Same night, right? Same time. Oh yeah, same same night. Uh, Bellator starts about an earlier, an hour earlier for the main card. But we've just got a ton of stuff to talk about over there. We got a Chris Cyborg interview up on Fightful.com. Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, tons of wrestling, MMA, boxing exclusives. Every day you come to Fightful.com, you find something you can only find there. Follow Jimmy on Twitter at JimmyVan74. Me at Sean Rossap. Until next time, we are out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.